Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. You can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. So last September, I invited a group of 12 women to convene to simply rest, grow in sisterhood, and build community that sowed seeds of collaboration. I wanted it to be an interactive social gathering with a carefully curated group of Black films where we, you know, record and have intentional discussions about joy, sisterhood, pride, beauty, love, and our strength in connecting as Black films. So I brought in the Transgender District to partner with me in this venture and I got some funding from the Miss Foundation, the Miss Women's Foundation, and Alaska Airlines popped in, and it turned into one of the most amazing weeks of a dream come true. I paired the women together based on their personalities and lived experience, and the conversations turns out amazing because they are all brilliant. This particular episode, I am only sharing with you where each individual pair talked about sisterhood. But we talked about things like black joy, sisterhood, uh, black liberation, black pride, all kinds of stuff, you know, happy stuff. And so I couldn't have it all be be super long, but I wanted to share just the sisterhood part. And so if you want to hear the rest of the conversations, I will have them linked in the bottom and all the people featured in this episode will be linked in the bottom, too. So, yeah. Hope you enjoy. Let's talk about sisterhood. For women, the need and desire to nurture each other is not pathological, but redemptive. And it's within that knowledge that our real power is discovered. Audre Lorde. I think it's very important in our learning as cis people and understanding of like, what is sisterhood? Like there are things that I can extend as sisterhood and that I hope that I'm being 
a full supportive sister to trans women, to black trans women in particular. Um, but I know that there are times when I fall short and the burden of me falling short falls on the person that I'm in community with, in sisterhood with. So I have found my relationships with trans women to be um, valuable and important to my existence as a cis black woman. But I also feel like because of the privilege dynamic, it does come at the expense of um, their labor, having to teach me something or ha being offended by something that I've said because I'm not fully aware, because this is not my experience or like, like that kind of thing. So I feel like it's important, but that also feels like a one-sided kind of, you know, thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, I know that as a person, I believe, for example, Diamond as my closest trans woman friend, I believe that I bring value to her life as, as a good person and a good, you know, good ass nigga. But in terms of when we think of the, you know, trans and cis dynamic, there are times when Diamond has had to educate me about things and I don't know that it's worth it. I don't have a lot of white friends, so right. So let's let's. I'll start there. In terms of privilege, I don't have a life a lot of white friends because if I can't be my full ass black self, it becomes annoying, right? So I when I do have white friends, they are people who um, are comfortable with being checked, corrected, or whatever, and I can be my full ass like black self or whatever. That said, I'm also not taking on a lot of new white friends. Like these are people that I worked with, and they're they're still around, and that's great. And you know, we evolved together. So to me, it's not always worth it having white friends, right? So I think the sisterhood among cis and trans women is important. For me, I don't know that it's worth it to trans women to be in community with me sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or, or cis women. Like, I don't know that what we are offering is, I don't know, I don't know that it's worth it. Yeah, for me. <laughs> you know, thank you. I don't know if it's, if it's worth it, you know, on a, a larger scale. That's not just about my experience as a cis white woman. I mean, I think it's needed. Okay. Um, I don't know. I feel like I yearn for it often. So I, I feel like I'm not, I want to be in sisterhood with cis black women more frequently than I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been. I mean, I feel like, you know, since I was born, like most of my socializing was with other black girls. And then growing up, um, even though I was a black boy, there was a way that I did not have any relationships with um, the others, right? And then I transitioned in late high school and I feel like all that formative experience for me was with black cis women or black cis girls at that time. And then um, as I started to age, I think, and finding other, you know, trans people, um, it became easier to be in sisterhood, especially with other black trans women, just because it's one of the few times in life where you don't have to translate right. yourself. But at the same time, I think, I don't know, for me, there's still like 
a yearning for that space to happen more. I guess I wonder if, I think there is relevance to my comparison because I'm trying to compare like privilege, right? And the dynamics of privilege. But I guess in hearing your response, I wonder if perhaps there is a nuance in the fact that like we are both black people, right? So a white person, I really literally have nothing in common with them except for whatever our gender is, right? If we happen to be of the same gender, then there are going to be certain things that are aligned in our experience. But Mm I, I assume, based on what you're saying, it sounds like in your experience, because we are black people, there are, um, and women, there are things there that are aligned in ways that like me taking on a white friend is not. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I'm getting from what you're mm-hmm. saying a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's tricky because I think the experience of being both or all three, black, trans, and a woman, compounded, all at the same time, there is a reality that like, when you're in black spaces, your blackness gets minimized. Because the focal point to black people is that you're trans and so you're other. And then um, your womanhood is taken away from you, at least the legitimacy of it. And then when you're in the broader trans space, um, your blackness is the focal point. Mm-hmm. And so then you often are struggling to find, um, I think as a black trans woman, that space, because when you're with black cis women, you just want to be your authentic self right. um, and be seen as that. And I think oftentimes those relationships, I mean, I've seen and have had re- successful you know, relationships and, and sisterhood with black cis women to where I have felt safe. Um, But sometimes it has always felt conditional Mm. Um, because there will be specific moments like, you know, if you're in a club with your girlfriends, like you're treated as you are your normal self up until like, you know, a man asks for your number. And then you go to the bathroom and you come back out and the whole club knows your team, mm-hmm. right? And like, then it's like, well, who else is going to tell but right. these girls that I'm with, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but I think seeing example, I think we need to see more examples of black cis women being in sisterhood with mm-hmm. black trans women as well. What makes it worth it for me is while you are not sexually queer, everything else about you is queer. Right. And so in in our in what I get from you is I learn another way of being a woman that may not be stereotypical because we come and the fact that we grew up she grew up outside of why would y'all what are the reasons why I put y'all together oh did you too yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> okay. I Pentecost apostolic Pentecostal yeah, yeah. yeah. so you know how uh-huh. and so there is a particular ladyhood that um, you resisted and for me because I desired that ladyhood as right. a little boy I thought that that's what I wanted. Right. Until my politics caught up to, hmm, right. is that really what you want? And so what it looks like is you were born on the side 
of that. Right. And you was like, mm, I this is not me and I gotta figure this out. And while I wasn't growing on the side, I had to learn that this is not what I want either. Right. And so while we're journeying through this life, what you teach me, because you'll say something that I'm like, God, that is true. And I have to look at it from my vantage point on yeah. and how those things um, that you struggle with in, in regards to gender, in regards to presentation, in regards to not wanting to be that lady and defining what a woman is yeah. and how I can define that for me outside of that lady. That's what you, that's what makes it worth it. You, what you bring to the table from your lived experience, your lived experience of being a, a cis black <laughs> woman. Right. You get what I'm saying? That can, because I do, I am a person who, I like men. I, and I don't think that's going to change. Right. And so, I'm as sorry. unfortunate as I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> So for me, it feels like um, <laughs> it feels like um, knowing that that can exist and I still can be queer and I can right. still be who I am and define myself how I want to define. I think that's the difference where the analogy is perfect. Right. But the difference is that we have so much in common that I can get from you that right. I can, you know, and I want to say it's a condition, but mm -hmm. there is a reciprocation. Right. And so while it may not, you may not be teaching me nothing about transness, right. but you're teaching me something about being a woman that I couldn't get from anybody else except for you. Right. Because right. most people are trying to vie for that ladyhood that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that, that I thought that I wanted, but I don't want it. Yeah. And so you are somebody who says, you know, she's one of, she, she always says, I'm not a lady. I don't want to be that. And so when, you know, if somebody said, ladies and gentlemen, she's going to be like, no, I'm not a lady. I don't want to be that. And I had to really, she's the first person I've seen do that. And why, why, why doesn't she want to be a lady? And when I hear it, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that either. And I, and having somebody name it, have somebody explain it, having somebody talk about it, it gives me room in the same way non-binary people give me room to, I can be however I want to be. And that's, that's what it is. That's what makes it worth it. <laughs> That's what makes it worth it. All right. That's so, so sweet and affirming. <laughs> Thank you. I feel sometimes like um, I in this circle I am right with all my friends and um, the community that I have built as a black feminist, as an open black feminist, womanist, you know, as a podcaster. But I think I'm very. Um, I am aware that I'm very queer, um, but I think, you know, amongst my cis black women that I grew up with or went to college with, um, I often experience uh, all the bigotry that comes with being a queer dick, not all of it, of course, but the bigotry that comes with being genderqueer and that comes with being different and that comes with, you know, not wanting to be a lady or anything other. Um, and I think that because of where I fall in queerness or where I fall in, um, in not queerness, because of that, I very rarely feel affirmed uh, or seen. And so I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate you as well. 
sisterhood saved my life. I say that I would not be the woman I am without my sisters. When my family left me down and out, my friends made sure that I was able to still get an education and raise my son and graduate high school and go to college. They, you know, they made sure that times when I didn't have childcare, they'll take out of their job so I can go to my job. Like my girls are the reason I'm the woman I am today. And I tell them that all the time. Like without them, I wouldn't have gotten here. I wouldn't be the woman that I am. Um, so I love them. And I felt nothing but that from other sisters that I've met. I don't know if I'm lucky to just gravitate towards certain people because you hear the myths about cattiness and this and that. Mm -hmm. But I've, I haven't encountered that in, in the sisters that I've met. Um, and then learning and opening my circle to trans women, that's helped me with personal growth. Watching people live their truth and be who they are, regardless of what the world said, has helped me battle so many of the things I've had to overcome it within myself. Different struggles, but it's the same kind of growth. And it's like watching people just live authentically gave me the bravery to do it as well. Like again, mm -hmm. I, the woman I am is because of sisterhood. The world loves to highlight our differences. Mm -hmm. But I have to say I have had cis women friends since elementary school that we are still good friends. Mm -hmm. We still go on trips together. We still spend time together. If there's a problem, I can call my girlfriend and she was like, oh, let me do some research on it. Mm -hmm. I'll um, get back to you. So my relationship with cis women has, I have to say, has also saved my life. Mm -hmm. When I was having traumatic issues and abuse at home, I could always run to their house. Mm -hmm. And I could be at their house all day, all night. Their mothers, their fathers wouldn't think nothing of mm -hmm. it. I hated my home life. Mm -hmm. And they would welcome me, welcome me with open arms. Mm -hmm. So I love being in this place with other Black women because I learn different things about my Black womanhood mm -hmm. in those spaces. Yeah. I feel like we are always constantly learning. And I feel like as trans women, just hanging out with trans women, we're missing something. Mm -hmm. We're missing a piece of our womanhood that we can only get from cis women. So I need to be in those spaces. I need to learn from cis women, smart, black, funny, educated, worldly, fashionable, everything. I need that. Not only from trans women, but I need that from cis women too. We are all going to come together and highlight our things that are similar. Mm -hmm. We have to highlight our similarities in a world that says, no, stay apart from each other. Don't come together because I could do more damage to you when you're apart. Mm -hmm. You're greater when you come together, so don't come together. But we are overcoming that. Mm -hmm. We are breaking down those barriers. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And I need that. It's so interesting to hear you say that um, there's a piece of learning about womanhood that you need from cis women, because I feel the same for cis women. There's a, a piece about learning from womanhood <laughs> that you need from trans women. Like There's so much ingrained misogyny. There's so much ingrained of what a woman should be that we yes. buy on and we build on. And you see, womanhood doesn't have to look like that. No. You know, it doesn't have to be that because we as cis women can't even achieve that because it's fake. It's, it's false. It doesn't even exist. We've been taught a fairy tale that we try to live up to mm -hmm. that is not real. But 
I also love coming in spaces with black women because you get to see a different fairy tale, mm -hmm. a realistic fairy tale, a fairy tale with a happy ending that doesn't necessarily need a man, mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily have to have this giant family. Mm -hmm. You get to relive a different narrative that is sickening to me. Or giant biological family because it's family. You yes, know. When say you that. On, if I, you know, if I take on nephews, if I take on, you know, other people as younger sisters or whatever it is, that con those connections are familial. Yes, and as trans women, we've had to do that all our lives. Mm -hmm. We've had to leave the house and create family outside of our bloodline, mm -hmm. which has sometimes, oh, don't let my mom and daddy see this, but which has sometimes been more supportive to me than my blood family. I talk to my adopted, I like to call them my adopted family, mm -hmm. not my chosen family because I don't feel like we've been chosen. I think that we've just meshed together mm -hmm. and adopted in this seamless way mm -hmm. that have helped me through so many situations to where I wouldn't be here without them. Mm -hmm. I know that our rights as trans women are always up for grabs. Mm -hmm. Somewhere somebody, they're always coming for us because they feel like we're easy targets. Mm -hmm. But I knew that once they were talking about overturning Roe versus Wade, I knew that once y'all let, cause it's really, it was really about white women, let's be really mm -hmm. clear. But I knew that once you let white men take the rights away from white women, everything was going to be on the table. Mm -hmm. So when that actually happened, I knew that there were kind of going to be consequences, not only for white women, but also for black women, for Latino women, for trans women and for trans people and non-binary folks, because then the target is much wider and I can cast a wider net to catch everyone. Well, you're right. Our rights are intertwined. They're one and the same. And the moment you're able to snip one cord, able to snip another and another and another. Yes. And, you know, in researching and finding out that the force against taking away trans rights and attacking queer rights is the same force, it's the same money, it's the same line, it's the same power that went to Roe versus Wade. Yes. It's like that's the agenda like they they on the surface like to posit it as oh that over there and that over there but the the force behind it is coming for us all right is to eradicate us all um so we have to fight together you know when we come together instead of our little bubbles for trans rights and queer rights and cis women's rights when we come together we have more of a chance to, because they're together yeah, the, the, the people attacking all <laughs> they're together. I they be in together. They got the same funding sources. They together. People will come together. They will hate each other, hate each other, but they will come together to stand against you. Yes. And then so, they'll go back to hating each other. So we gotta come together to fight against them to have a chance because yes. we can't we can't douse the flames in these little pockets. Yeah. They have such an overwhelming power. A financial source. We can't do it in our exactly. little pockets. We gotta come together because once they take your rights, they're coming from my next. Exactly. I could be, you know, trans hating and queer hating, like, yeah, they don't need that prep until I realize I need this medication by a chemical name. Yes. And my insurance won't give it to me because I was so busy hating you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. Look what I done did to me now. Exactly. I didn't know that was the same. I didn't, you know, they didn't tell me I need prep. They told me I need sodium whatever. Exactly. And now look at me, stuck. That is crazy. I didn't never I've never looked at it like that. Thank you for sharing that with me. See, that's why we need these <laughs> <laughs> we can learn from each other. Like, 
like this. I love that. Thank you. Black sisterhood is everything for me. It's the only reason why I'm still here. From like being the oldest of three girls. So I've always been a big sister. I don't remember a time before being a big sister. Um, and I, my childhood was not the greatest. And without my sisters, I would not have survived that childhood. Even even in being like in that role of like, I have to show up for them, would get me out of bed a lot of times. And I'm thinking about what you said about boundaries. That I feel like that just kind of struck me because as a therapist, I think a lot of people come especially black queer folks and we have just been so dry because we're we're expected to be the like emotional comedic like fine ass like whatever of the community like they like they want all of us but they don't want all of us and so everybody's like i need boundaries i need boundaries but boundaries to me have put me closer to people boundaries are a bridge you know it's like me saying no allows me to look at what I'm actually saying yes to. And that's when I found community with like the people that have sustained my life. Like, you know, I'm thinking about this in a big way and a personal way, like in a big way. I've talked with Diamond about this before. Like, I don't think there's a lot of spaces where people talk about the way black lesbians and black trans women have always been in community with each other and always helped each other survive. And I think a lot of times black lesbians are left out of conversations. Like, like we, we ain't there. <laughs> like, we're always there. Like, we've always been there. And yeah, like Stormy at Stonewall, you know? And I'm, I was just like so hurt to find out that she died in 2013, still walking down the streets of Harlem, like y'all not finna mess with my daughters, you know? And talking about, specifically about black lesbians and black trans girls, right? And um, so it just means so much to me to continue to live in that legacy. I think about like how before I even had words to experience myself, I was reading black queer women before I, I didn't, didn't know they were black queer women, you know, but like, that's just what the ancestors put in front of me to digest and like, I mean, everything, everything from tweets to poetry to novels. And it just like would give me enough to get out of bed. And um, I lost my like closest friend in the whole world like a year and a half ago. And I think every day has been so hard because I realized one, that she was the first black lesbian friend that I ever had in my life. And two, that our sisterhood was a daily practice for us. Like, I talked to her every day and she spoke life into me every day. Um, yeah, and so I think now the like black queer women community that I have, I just try to do what she did for me. I said I was gonna try to do this right, right? But like, I don't even think she knew just like small things would feel like life sustaining. Like she would be like, girl, don't let the white people fuck with you today. That's like such a throwaway line. But it would just It's the solidarity in it. It's the it's the someone saying something that you would only think about, you feel like you could never verbalize. Yeah. And, and I think the the permission that black sisterhood gives us to exist in in in, in kind of interesting ways. We were having this random conversation about P Valley and yes. <laughs> 
I, I love how we can be talking about like the politic of blackness and also, you know, we all want to see Diamonds dig. Exactly. with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, in, in, in a few seconds. <laughs> and it's for Diamonds dig. And we don't, it didn't, it, it didn't even have to be an explanation. It didn't have Nothing. to be. And, and that takes it deeper than like just black spaces. Yeah. Because as a black trans woman who like identifies on the binary spectrum, I think uh, there's this, sometimes there's even this fear in black trans spaces that are varied how much we can just say something and it not be either used to say that we aren't who we who, yes. who we work yep. to be or it, it gets very afraid and then yeah. so you just find yourself piecing out yourself mm -hmm. and for me that's that's really pointless mm -hmm. um i when i think of like black sisterhood you know it when the when they talk about a ram in the bush when they talk about an ace in the hole they're talking about you know black sisterhood um i growing up in the midwest in nebraska omaha nebraska especially it's like you know i've seen black sisterhood make and break the lives of black women around yes yo my mother truly one of the biggest things that she was carrying my mother passed away in 2009 her alcoholism was fueled by she had terrible relations with her mother and her sisters mm -hmm. period mm -hmm. Like, you know, all and, and I, I, as I dive into it, I'm just like, I was so busy trying to find her father. You know, my father, my father had passed away after they were married for all these years. It was, she couldn't talk to her mother without right. it being triggering. And her mother had her in competition with her sister. <laughs> and so you, you look at that. And so I am really thankful for, you know, I have, as, as time has gone on, also like being a black trans woman that has a certain level of access and privilege. Um, I'm really thankful that, my group of black black trans women specifically that I feel like I'm close to has mm -hmm. dwindled. I, I'm, I'm learning to like not grieve that and celebrate it mm -hmm. because I, it's been a trying like six weeks for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember Aria like, as soon as she got on the phone, she was like, she was like, I'm about to come. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, don't hey. because I know she would. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Diamond is really the quiet one amongst us mm -hmm. because when she says something, but when Diamond inboxed me just randomly, are you okay? I knew like, Bitch, the, yeah. the, the bad signal has gone yeah. up, but I also knew they cared. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so um, I, I, I just I just know that I just know the power in that and, and that crossover with like with like cis black women, I think is important for me to like maintain because I don't have the best relationship with my, my biological sisters. Mm -hmm. My mother is gone and I there's a certain energy around having black women around me yeah. from the cisgender experience mm -hmm. that have you ever had like a peanut butter and jelly but you do apple jelly instead of grape yes. jelly you understand what I'm talking yeah, about yeah. or you get you get you some peanut butter <laughs> with a little honey <laughs> in it you understand what I'm saying it, it's hitting but you're like yes and 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 to see the beauty in it and I, I and it's also pop, it's affirming to me to look at a a cisgender black woman and see my reflection yes. and not feel mm -hmm. like I've been I'm, I'm a reductive yeah. person a version of that or yeah. I am um, hoping to replace that it's a yeah. it's a affirmation it's an anchoring mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that um, I wish we admitted we needed more we yeah. have a climate where people have been trained to say I don't need anybody as mm -hmm. someone who so spent true. 10 years inside of a prison 18 months inside of a solitary yeah. confinement cell where I did not have access mm -hmm. to a to touch somebody yeah. I can tell you that is the biggest 
piece of shit we've been sold. Mm-hmm. Because then we have, I think we have just a generation of folks who, in their body and souls, want to be tied to someone, yeah. but to say it out loud yep. is not yep. okay mm-hmm. and, and puts them in a bad position. And we, we as like black queer women, have only made it this far because we have each other. Like every single thing seeks to not see us exist. And I think it's only through being in community with each other that we've gotten this far. Maybe we need to watch the Women of Roosters place this weekend. Oh, let's do it. That moment, like when I think of that moment, it's just like, mm-hmm. no, bitch, we, if we ain't gonna, we, if we gonna eat, it's because we made, we made sure we all ate. Yes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, whatever it was. But yes, very mm-hmm. much that. Yeah. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So sisterhood for me has manifested in my life in many different ways. So I have many sisters, biological sisters. Uh, So I always had kind of a built-in support system in that way. And I do think having so many sisters has been helpful in like two things in the sisterships that I create outside of biological whatever. But it has allowed me to understand like differences because none of us are the same. Mm-hmm. We grew up in the same house, had the same rules, you know, whatever, but we are all very different. So it has allowed me to, when I seek sister sisterhood or whatever, I do want diversity in that. Like, we don't look the same. We don't think the same. You know, like, you know, it's probably a common thread, obviously, which usually is the case with family. There is, like, a common kind of cloth. So I do look seek that. But I do want to be around people who can, I can learn from. Um, who are comfortable learning from me too, um, which is, you know, we, we've experienced when people don't like learning from other people. Right. So I, I appreciate that. And the other thing I learned because I already <clears throat> had like a biological sisterhood was to also, I guess, kind of be conditional with who comes in and out of my life. Um, and I didn't know that I was, I didn't have the language of it, but I've always been kind of conditional with stuff. Like, um, yeah, I just have a standard for like, how I'm gonna be your friend, right? I have right. that standard for myself. Right. <laughs> standard for how, you know, you know, stuff like that. So I have been able to like, not, I guess follow the crowd or not feel like I have to 
do things a certain way because everyone in the group does because I think since I already came from a group I was always okay with being an individual I don't know if that makes any sense but mm -hmm. I've always been kind of like oh well y'all can do that um, you know it, it always allowed me to like be in a collective but still always kind of like just be myself right. in a way, which was which I think is helpful which I think keeps me genuine which I think also makes me still be genuine to the people around me because I still have like a footing with who I am in that. Um, and I think it allows for a, like a reciprocal kind of balanced relationship with the people that I'm in the community with, at least, you know, I hope. <laughs> yeah, you know, you never know. Um, so that's been helpful. And then I think I learned a lot about sisterhood from the growing up in the mosque um, that I went to where it was, I think that's where I learned is that black woman is all I got mm -hmm. and we all we got. You know, like, I think that's where I really, really learned and saw black women kind of like, yes, we are, you know, in community with black men or whatever, but we all we got. <laughs> right. And that's kind of like, that's the first place where I saw that and where black women told me it was okay to think that way, that we all we got. Because a lot of times you're, you're told you're being divisive or reductive to a black community if you don't see, if, if you don't pay, if you act like the harm doesn't happen from, you know, black women and stuff like that. So those are a lot of the ways that I've interacted with sisterhood, why it's been important to me. Sisterhood has protected me from a lot of things. Sisterhood has taught me so much. There's so much I did not have to experience mm -hmm. because other people was like, girl, don't hold on that block. You know, just like, which is, which is great. Um, so yeah, so that's like me and my relationship with sisterhood. It's definitely going to be different because I'm an only child. Um, but Sisterhood, how I learned sisterhood is just looking at the relationship my mother had with her group of girlfriends and um, her um, biological sisters. And my mom was never the one that, she's not like a caddy, like a, mm -hmm. she's the type of person, if you're her friend, she's your friend to the end. She's going to be supportive of you. So I kind of, you know, had that model to me, like just how to show up as a, a sister friend, a sister girlfriend. Um, prior to my transition, I was always the little boy that had the um, group of like cis woman girlfriends. Mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of experienced like a sisterhood with them prior to my transition because they were the ones that, you know, shielded me from, like, the homophobia or, you know, I was the the, the one, quote-unquote, boy that hung out with, with the group of girls. I was the one that would, when we were in high school, I would just walk into the girls' bathroom with them while we were in conversation. And it wouldn't, like, be an issue because, and they would always slip up and be like, girl, girl, because that was just the energy of our interaction even yeah. before our transition that was kind of how we bonded and even with me transitioning um my friends from high school i'm still in relationship with them I, i'm still and it's you know nothing has changed except you know my physical but um i got to experience um it with this woman that way and then um 
as far as trans sisterhood, when I came into my transition, you know, I was lucky enough to have a relationship with my trans mother, um, who's like from the ballroom scene from um, New York in the 90s. And um, she had her group of sisters who she still had relationships with, a host of daughters and um, nieces. And I was fortunate to be able to come into my transition with this whole community of black and brown trans women that um, welcomed me in and that too gave me something to model what I wanted my relationship with other trans women of color to be so that and and now kind of I went through a lot of ups and downs when it came to the to the black trans girls but you know Ultimately, the right people um, fell into place, and I, I I think of myself as the girls' girl. Like I get along with any like black trans girl because I I'm not the like I I crave I need that type of connection because it's just something when you're able to be in relationships with somebody, and some conversations are just unspoken because there's an knowing. Yeah. Um, I have certain relationships with my um, sisters where we finish each other's sentences um, and we're explaining situations mm-hmm. and we just there's just a no one and you know that that level of intimacy that level of deepness it's um, you can't buy that um, you know it's life saving it's unnecessary um, and you know it's just something that I'm always um, wanting to experience and I'm always um, wanting to um, be around um, and I also think that my relationships with other like black trans women in this phase of my life with my mother it's encouraged me to kind of build that with my mom mm-hmm. especially as I um, know her and experience her as a woman yeah. and I just want I want the closeness with us to just be honest being like mother and daughter like I actually want to um, get to know you so we can so you can call me I can call you and we can we can just have that deeper um, level of intimacy and I can really bring you into my world because earlier in my transition when she wasn't able to like be a supportive there I kind of pushed her away I kind of that was my defense mechanism but it just led to a lot of lost time and now I'm trying to kind of um, gain that back and I don't think it's for like selfish or petty reasons it's like I feel like I'm a great person I feel like my mom is a great person and why not like why not have that relationship why not um why not allow us just to be now that I see her as a woman and I can like recognize like the systems and the experience that made my mother the woman who how they those things made her the woman that she was to me being a mother and that who she is now I think being in sisterhood has allowed me to offer a level of grace to black cis women um, that I might have, I may not have been had the capacity capacity to demonstrate in my younger years, yeah. but I definitely can do that um, now. Like one of the most important things to me as a woman, just feeling safe. Like when I close my eyes and you know I really think about it, I've really felt the most safe in the presence of other women. Yeah, um, same. And even now, as I begin my legal career, you know, 
women um, since a black woman have um, since black women straight queer have been the ones that have kind of rallied around me to kind of you know protect me and take me to the next level so it's really with women where I find um, safety and um, elevation and um, nurturing so you know I'm always looking to just curate that and um, give that out to folks so yeah sisterhood is very important to me yeah, so I like that you brought up sisterhood with your mom, and I never thought of the friendship that I built. I have a friendship with my mother, now, right. which is like like my mom is cool as fuck. So I like that we have this friendship, and I never really thought to call it sisterhood, but that's actually what I'm building right now with my mother. Like I never thought that I would be one of her little friends, but now I'm one of her little friends. Like she's calling me to be like, you know, this, you know, this woman did that work today, right. you know, that type of stuff, which I just never imagined i remember i remember calling my mother at work as a kid for a pop tart and it was like girl why are you calling me out you know <laughs> you know and now we're like friends um and we go out you know, what you doing this week you want to go out to eat in like in ways that i just never imagined um me and my mother bonding and getting to know her as like not my mom, but as like a woman who's lived a life, who's experienced things, who can now talk to me in ways she couldn't before. So, cause it's not just about, you know, like I see that she trusts the woman that I am mm -hmm. and I, you know, and she loves the woman that I am. Cause I think that's important too. Um, and we, we just kind of connect on this way that I just, never expected like to the point where I'm like asking her questions because I want to make sure that um she's so at this point I, I know I have older people in my family but I do but like I'm talking to her about menopause because I want to know what the fuck is my pussy gonna do <laughs> <laughs> you know you're just like right, right. what's gonna happen what's going on this just these things that I never thought that I would like, cause she didn't really explain my, my period to me. I had older sisters who did. Mm -hmm. So let me at least do this with my mom. Right. You know, um, and have these conversations that she was honestly too scared to have with me, but I'm not too scared to have with her. So let's just, you know, talk about it. Um, and I, I really like that I can like talk to her about those things and stuff like that. So yeah, it is a sisterhood and I like that you, you know, named it that. Our survival is connected to Black Sisterhood, and that's how I grew up, is watching my mom and my aunties take care of whole families and whole villages and whole communities, and whether that was as a foster parent, as foster parents, through ministry, or um, just from, from people that you actually related to. Um, and I think that they were able to do that and make a way, regardless of whatever system, whatever oppression, whatever abuse they was dealing with in, in those times, um, because of their sisterhood, and I think, you know, it's definitely something that is vital to being trans and transitioning. I think that a lot of people find their identity just because, not just because of, but by connecting with other people um, and with, with trans women that are the leaders and the underdogs of the whole pride and trans movement, um, and just that we touch people and inspire them help them to rethink their lives in the ways that they are kind of operating. Um, and I think, again, it's tied to our survival. And I think as trans women in particular, I think we need each other to be able to survive. Like, I know that I'm 
safer. I know that I'm smarter. I know that I'm more equipped to deal with the things I face in transition because I had a lot of other trans women around me, whether we was the closest or not, whether um, they was, you know, super connected to me or not, we had, we shared space with each other and those things definitely helped me to come into my own transition. For me, Black women have been the most vital parts of my life. Um, whether we are talking about my amazing auntie who is a woman of trans experience that loves me authentically, that has this beautiful relationship with my mother, um, or if we're talking about other Black women in movement spaces yeah. that have just really uplifted me and allowed me to thrive professionally, I think Black women have always been, for me, my saving grace. Um, and to me, I think the Black woman is God. She is, and she, and she is. <laughs> she is. Yes. She is because I don't think I could live on this earth without black women and without my fellow sisters. Mm -hmm. And so along the spectrum, whether they identify as non-binary or if they're trans or cisgender, black women are the shit. And they have been for centuries. Not only are they the modes for all things fashion and beauty and even body. They have been the epitome of the phenotype for all things amazing. Mm -hmm. And so shout out to all the black women that have loved me authentically, right? Yes. They have loved me even when I didn't love myself. Mm -hmm. And so uh, every time I just think about the love that I've received from black women, I just get emotional because not only do I love them authentically, but I also date black women. So okay. black women are everything. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I really like that you said like just the love. Um, and I think that's something that as a trans woman, we, we feel like not just other women, but just the whole world, like we're socialized to think as queer people, as trans people, that the whole world hates you and the whole world is against you, but that's not always true. And oftentimes, most people don't care, but mm -hmm. sometimes people will pour into you and mentor you and guide you. And I definitely have some really incredible, strong mentors. And even since I was like 14, I've been working since I was like 14, almost all of the bosses I ever had was women. Almost all of the people that influenced my life and that held power over me like in like in work or in school even in retail um before i became like an advocate all of them all of the main people and the main bosses was women and um really invested in me and i definitely learned a lot from the black women that was part of that and to me if you want to do something right go get a black woman she'll fix it <laughs> Okay, for president. Okay. In 2023. Okay. <laughs> yes. Because it needs fixing. It does. It needs a lot of fixing right now. Okay. And I think, too, if you heal the black woman, you'll heal all of the injustices yeah. that happen. Because mm -hmm. mainly, we are the most marginalized folks Absolutely. when you think about any intersection. So I Absolutely. feel like if you give to the black women and think about black women and all your decision making, the world will be healed. And that's what we say is is if is if the most marginalized, the most oppressive us ain't free, which is the black woman, the most underprotected, the most underpaid, the most abused, um, that we would if, in in effect heal the world, or that we would um, put things in place and systems and laws in place that would protect enough of us that it wouldn't be so many people living in poverty, so many people living in oppression. Um, and doing that with women leadership is, is vital. Strong communities are born out of individuals being their best selves. 
This is a quote from Leanne Simpson. Well, I hope you enjoyed and thank you for listening to Marsha's Plate. And if you enjoyed this conversation, you want to hear more. Like I said in the beginning, the link is in the show notes. You can hear the rest of the conversation from each individual pair. Like I said, we talk about so many things ranging from black love, black pride, age, motherhood, sisterhood, (laughs) relationships, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you check it all out in the bottom. And I will talk to y'all next week.